them depending on how where people actually view the podcast when they comment on um sometimes i can see their name sometimes i can't so but anyway reading questions back and forth for you yeah facts but anyway man listen gentlemen we are live and welcome to another pin the gas podcast and today um it's an honor to sit down with jared nissat i can't even say it i'm sorry i'll I'll murder your last name uh uh and 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 my good friend Mark Sherm Dog Sherman from CFE. Everybody knows him, and of course, everybody already knows Jared, man. So yeah, welcome to the show, Jared. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you for having so me. Pronounce your last name so everyone, so we won't murder it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nasani. Nasani. Yeah. There, there we go. Is. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, we just had this conversation too. It's just my nerves, and just yeah. Anyway, so yeah, man. Let's get into it. Obviously, uh, we know you love motorcycles, but uh, let's talk about the aviation side of things for you first, man. So, what got you into aviation to begin with? Uh, my dad was a fighter pilot, and growing up uh, there for a little while, I had an aspiration. Right? Yeah, I want to be Tom Cruise and Top Gun, and you know, have an Ice Man with me and all this stuff, right? Wingman, and then of course, you know, I found motorcycles and all that went out the window. So, how did you get into it? Yeah, so uh, I've always been around motorcycles my whole life, but uh, turning wrenches on motorcycles uh, is a niche market to make a lot of money. So, um, my senior year of high school, uh, my high school links up with a Botech center here in town as well, and they offer an AMP program, airframe and power plant. So I started that, and then I graduated and. I graduated high school in 2016, but got my AMP license in 2018 because I had to go like half time. Uh, so then start out on base. So I've been working on base for over five years now. Um, now is that through um, Air Force Reserves or is that just uh, regular Air Force? Uh, no, DOD civilian. Oh, DOD civilian. Okay. Yeah, they have a direct hire on program. Here we're linked up with the Botech Center as well. That's awesome. Well, before. I know we talked about before that I was a crew chief for American Airlines for about uh, nine years, eight years, eight and a half years, I think. So, yeah, I definitely know the aviation side and um, how it coincides with bikes. Same thing. I grew up around bikes and um, airplanes. So, um, yeah, they both coincide really well because they both go really fast. Now, of course, my dream job would be going to the Blue Angels sometime, but. And uh, I was a dedicated crew chief, so I had my name on the side of the plane for a little while. But then uh, back in May, I switched over. We call it the dark side. I work for Boeing now, uh, which Boeing is the manufacturer of the airplane I, I work on. is a KC-46, which is... Which was the 767, right? Was that? Yeah, it's a 767-2C variant. Yeah, which is a that's big, cool. But Boeing, though, that's really cool because, you know, I see a lot. I ask a lot of racers, you know, what's after racing? Because let's face it, it's not going to last forever. And like, again, like you said, it's a niche market. You can only have so many coaching branches and uh, so many people. So it's like, what do you do? You know, and so it sounds like you're going to be set up pretty good because that, that's <laughs> that's a pretty good career. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not like the good old days. Uh, Marisco Racing doesn't really pay the bills anymore unless you're the number one guy. So Yeah, that's what people don't seem to understand is that. Most of our guys in the paddock are paying the race, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, why it's so important for everyone to support them. You know, that's why I tell people, I mean, these guys are out risking their lives and they're paying to do it. It's not like it's the NFL, NHL, MLB, 
you know, they're not, they don't have a $390 million contract to throw a ball or twist yeah. the wrist. So. Yep. So every, every sponsor helps, but even, even nowadays, since the recession of 2008, even getting sponsors is, you know, it's slowly picking up, but it's still nowhere, nowhere where it used to be. Yeah. And then they want to call shots on top of it. You know, mm -hmm. it was kind of like the downfall, I think, of the NFL and all the professional sports. Because once they get hold of it, then you've got to do what they want, whatever their cause is. You got to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's uh, money's definitely short compared to when Ben Spees, Matt Milad, Miguel Duhamel, Curtis Roberts, and all them, what was they, right? But we, we had a bunch of factories back then, but we also had a bunch of sponsorships too, right? A lot of them were cigarettes too. Uh, same thing with MotoGP, right? Was it 07, I think, when they stopped uh, the cigarette sponsorships? Uh, I think uh, right before the year before was uh, Stoner. I think it was 06 had the the barcode of the Marlboro barcode on the side of his bike instead of it saying Marlboro. And then the next year it was, it was out. But, yeah, you're right. I actually had this – conversation with a uh, up-and-coming racer that i know um he's how difficult it is just to you know travel the country and make it to every race it's uh and then to find sponsorships too on top of that right just like jared just got done saying it's it's hard to uh get new sponsorships that's why we need uh outside sponsorships right but also like when michael jordan was in the pattern we had gatorade we had the u.s army right um which that was huge, and that was was what was the last year, Jordan? Was that 08? Can y'all remember? Um, 08 or 09, I think. Yeah, so that was right, right before, right after the recession took place. And yeah, you're right. Since then, it's it's uh, it's been really hard for people to get sponsorships, and and it's typically when you look at the bikes, when you walk through the paddock, a lot of them's got the same um, sponsorships on them, a little bit here or there, right? So, yeah, I mean, like the biggest thing with finding sponsors is you gotta you gotta find someone that's into motorcycles or into any kind of motorsports racing in general. So like that's the biggest thing uh, with sponsors. So lost the picture. The phone rang. Even yeah. even trying to find them outside sponsors in some way, even though they might not be a motorcycle branded uh company or something like that like they're not right not specializing that that person that's gonna want to cop up the money is in into racing yeah and it, that person is what's what the hard hard thing to do so how do you jared go about finding sponsorships i mean i've been lucky to keep keep most of the ones i've had over the years but my dad and my mom i mean with the business they've my dad's the one that mostly goes out and tries to he sent he's the one sending all the emails and everything like that you know promoting the team and all the riders and everything trying to get money for the season yeah that's and that alone is a full-time job i'm sure right i mean yeah and I, I try to get personal sponsors and stuff I'm like i'm always sending emails to companies and you know trying to help promote their brand and my brand and everything like that but Especially now you where it's everything's social media driven. If yeah. you don't have a half a million subscribers or followers yeah. on Instagram, they're not really gonna do much for you. Yeah, well, and the problem today is everybody everybody wants to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's like anywhere you go nowadays, people have cameras or you know. So it makes it tougher. 
absolutely it is and it's it's uh it does make it tough it, it really does i'll tell you what it does is it doesn't always give you the best guy because yeah. you can get a guy that's marketable uh liked but maybe not the fastest guy but he'll bring in some money so i mean big deal but you know you can't take a a mediocre bike and put it on the on the stand like they used to be able to you used to get riders that could take a mediocre bike and and win a race you know yeah no, nowadays, it's, it's, it, you know, I've said this before. They always, it's always the bike and never the rider. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need Boeing to step up then, right? Garrett? Right. Yeah. Let's get Boeing on board. Imagine that, right? A, a 747 painted up uh, GSXR 750 or 600 or whatever. That would be. Uh, I mean, yeah, we're down to paint any bike, any colorway if someone wants to put the money out there. Yeah. That would be, that would be proper, though. Yeah, that'd be big money too, right? And that would be a great outside sponsorship. They would put an A10 gun right on the front and just get rid of the competition coming around. A10, yeah, that's right. Warhog. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Man, I used to love going to there. I still do love going to, to the air shows. That was my one of the things I look forward to every year. Um, my favorite just F14 Tomcat, of course, because that's what my you know, dad did, right? That's what my dad did, you know. And I remember Jared and Mark being on an aircraft carrier and uh how big it was that's what amazed me i was like holy shit this is like it's it's Where'd like you a go? were you in um did you get to see it in um, norfolk uh yeah in norfolk yeah that's where i saw i was on the teddy roosevelt there yeah so i remember uh, going on it and we had to take the ramp and all the um subs that come in and they were like do not look over there don't take any pictures they didn't want you looking in the direction of the subs yeah and they had like people like lined up there and they're, they're really really I didn't notice about Norfolk too. They always have to go out in high tide because of the tunnels. Yeah. Yeah, they're right. But I was I think I was eight or seven at the time. So it's it's I just remember how big it was and my dad walking me around and I was, you know, showing me the F fourteen. I got to touch it and all this cool stuff. It was uh yeah, it was it was crazy. It was F thirty five, man. So uh <laughs> so how'd you transition from um like doing your AP were you uh racing at the time and then you kind of did both and you just yeah i have a full-time job and i've had I had a full-time job since i started working i mean just unfortunately most of my leave goes to getting to every round so i i comment or i get leave every two weeks and then i know you just got to build, build it through the off season and then during race season you, yeah you're you know burning most of it for the race season and so for people that don't know, um, Altus Motorsports is your family's racing team. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, it's from Altus, Oklahoma. Is that why yep. you have the name? Okay. Yep. Altus, Oklahoma. Been in business since 98, since right around when I was born. So 25 years, I'll be 26 years. Um, and we also own another dealership in Lawton, Oklahoma. Nice. Oh, nice. So you're as old good. as my son. Yeah. Now I feel old. <laughs> mine's worry. only 11 <laughs> I, I'm, I'm starting to feel old I've almost been out of high school for almost 10 years already so uh, I'll uh, trade you right me too yeah absolute facts man that, that is so what 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 got you into motorcycles to begin with Jared like a little kid your dad or who actually got you into them so my dad always rode sport bikes and stuff in <clears throat> high school and stuff and then didn't really ride them when we were kids when we were born and stuff but uh with the dealership, my brother was really big into dirt bikes. So growing up my whole life, we were traveling 
Oklahoma, Texas, and all the other states around us uh, racing dirt bikes with my brother. And I like to ride dirt bikes, but <clears throat> I was never really big into moto. But in uh, 2013, um, my dad won tickets through Yamaha to go to the first race at Coda. So we went down there. Nice. And, you know, just seeing all that, I mean, I'd never experienced anything like that and seeing the Moto 3 bikes and stuff like that and how close it was. I was like, I'd like to try that. So we ended up, uh, we had a Ninja 250 at the time that I used to commute back and forth with school because you can get your motorcycle license here in Oklahoma when you're 14. Um, so made that into, into a road race bike and started racing CMRA. Nice. So you actually came up really quick. Then. Yeah. Like you started late and you came up and you became a professional racer pretty fast and, and pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Um, I guess the show had quite a bit of talent. And then we, we just pulled the trigger in 2015 when Moto America started because they had the RC390 Cup and we gave it a go. I mean, didn't you didn't ever get the results I really wanted because I was always one of the bigger kids. Even yeah. then, like when I was younger, I was still like 140 pounds and I'm racing these kids that are. 90 pounds soaking wet. I mean, 50 pounds on that kind of a motorcycle is huge. Oh, yeah. No, it is. And, and uh, <clears throat> the RC390 is uh, it's a tiny bike to begin with anyway, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. So I, I'm sure you, you, you had to tuck in as much as you can, elbows is tucked in as much as you can, trying to get up underneath the screen just to, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you don't you know, wrap as much as possible. Right, but you know, at the same flip of that coin, Jared, you still had advantage too, because because of your height in certain situations, right? Leverage and and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, when it comes to down the straightaway, yeah, it would be <laughs> like I just want to grab onto the back, give me a toe, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me let me latch on, man. So you started in in uh, club racing, and then you was like, I want to go Moto America. Let's make it happen. So how how did all that happen? Uh, I don't know if y'all know the name, but, uh, at the time he was our KTM rep. His name is Ty Howard. He used mm -hmm. to race back in the nineties, early two thousands. Absolutely. In AMA. And my dad just got talking to him and he had brought it up. So that's how it kind of all came about to, you know, pull the trigger and go race in Moto America in 2015. So did you have to accumulate a certain amount of points to, to get your Moto America license or. Yeah. You had to. I don't know if it's still this way, which I believe it is. You have to have so many uh, expert points or so, whatever in your organization. So I had some expert points in CMRA. And then we also went out to Chuck Walla because with our business, my dad's contacts all over the United States. And uh, we ended up going to Chuck Walla and getting the points, the rest of the points we needed to go race. And then you showed up on the scene and, and it was over for everybody else, right? I wish. No. <laughs> So what made you choose the uh, Suzuki? Because of the dealership? Uh, so we're kind of, we were kind of a, this year we're going to be more up on our own, but in the past we were kind of more of a satellite team for M4. So we were getting a lot of our data and buying all our bikes from them. So, I mean, with us not having a huge background in, in road racing and not having the, all the data, we utilize M4 to get, the information we needed to be as competitive as we as we wanted to be yeah they help a lot of people so that's that's good yeah and we yeah yeah gotten two championships out of it 
mm-hmm. on the stock thousand. So it's worked out. Yes, yeah, she did. Yes, yeah, she That's did. Good. And yeah, and then man, what a killer lineup this year, right? We got you, we got Torin, right? Because we I just had Torin on the podcast. Jake Lewis. Uh, yeah, and then Jake the Snake Lewis, right? I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, that's probably and he won the uh stock thousand with Atlas, right? If my yep. memory serves yes. me right. Yes, yeah. he did. Yep. yep. That was so a good the, season too. It was. And so like, on that one. And then Jake's coming back full circle with the team too, right? That's crazy, man. That's awesome. It's uh, Yeah, we've been in I've been in contact with Jake since then. Like we're pretty we're pretty good buddies. We talk almost every day. So, he comes down to Texas cuz he's good buddies with Kyle Martin with M4. And then we go down there because it's only like three hours and we'll go ride dirt bikes with him and everything when he does come by. Jake, man, what what's it like really hanging out with Jake? He, he's he's always laid back and super cool at the racetrack. Every time you meet him, I, I presume he's the same way off the track, right? Is he are you guys like super competitive to each other, talking trash? Like, I got you today. It's just not gonna happen, right? You guys yeah, a lot of like trash training? talking. We yeah. have a, we have pretty similar uh personalities, I guess you could say. So we feed off each other and so you're quiet around everybody like well kind of put together but when you're together you're like go at each other talking and uh, yeah we push each other and like i hadn't been to uh coda since like 2016 i think it was uh so he had been there so like during that whole whole weekend like the first beginning of the weekend i was you know trying to get with him trying to get lines you know trying to get up to pace because he obviously knows that place pretty good since he's Uh-oh. I think he froze up there I, he bit. froze up there for a minute it's he'll okay. be back yeah he'll be back all right you there froze you, up there for a second just for a second yeah yeah y'all froze up as well oh okay well we all froze we're frozen yeah. in time so you're saying that uh, you follow his lines because he knows the place better Oh, and we, and we each other. We're trying to, I was trying to learn lines, and he was trying to utilize me as a draft. So we were just trying to get better lap times every time we were out there. If we were around each other. Yeah, and Texas is awesome, right, Coda? I mean, you know, I've been there. I this this will be this year will be I think my sixth or seventh year going to the MotoGP race, and it always amazes me. Turn one, I mean, you go there, you see it on TV in the hills, like like this right i've had several riders on I, I, this question i ask like what's the feeling like wide open coming up to turn one you know get, coming up because it's a steep hill and then you break real hard you go left and it actually bottlenecks right and then so it forces everybody closer and then it it goes to the right and it widens mm-hmm. up again which is which is pretty slick the, the, the way they design that corner um so what's the feeling like man you know, walking the track, it's a completely different experience than riding a motorcycle on a track. So when you're when you're walking it, yeah, it's like what, like almost ten stories tall, looking of it or whatever it is. But on a motorcycle, it's a totally different experience, especially when you're going almost 150 miles an hour up into it. It it, it all just happens so quick. But I mean, you can you can feel and utilize the incline to help with your braking and stuff because it's going to help slow you down so i don't know i'm uh i don't know how to say it but it's was it weird when you cross that hill you gotta make that turn at the same time because i see a lot of people get in there too hot even with that hill yeah because it seems like oh they're like oh it's sharper than they thought yeah you want to push it as hard, hard as you can up in there and then it's actually kind of flat up at the top so you're braking super hard and then 
it's kind of flat and then it comes back off camber and stuff once you're going back downhill. Does it kind of feel like a roller coaster though when, when you first dip up on that hill and you start going up? Like, I just lost my stomachs back there, but I got to break, 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 break. A little bit, especially the track's gotten so rough over the years. There's a big divot that you kind of utilize as a as a breaking point that you know you, you hit that and it's like, okay, that's why I'm going to my brakes hard. And you're even lifting the wheel going up into one, going up the hill. Top rack so style. It, it's a pretty interesting experience for sure. I like it, dude. It's good. So Laguna Seca, uh, turn one to me is my favorite corner at Laguna Seca because to me it's what whatever, a, a 600, I'm sure it's probably at least fourth gear pinned wide open, right? Um, yeah. To the left, blind crest, can't see over the, over it, so you gotta you gotta Sliding point it in. to where you want to go. Yes, backing it in, and then um, to me that's the most craziest. So what's that like hitting that corner? Just just like balls deep, wide open. I'm I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. Big thing is just knowing where you're at on the track and committing. I mean, if you roll out, you're already losing time, so you want to be full pin. And then now that they re- it wasn't as bad. In the past, they repaved the track, so it's actually kind of pointed in turn one. So you're almost jumping in turn one. The bike almost fully unloads coming through turn one, and you're yeah fourth, fifth gear pin. That's so mm, that's gonna be interesting. I'd say it, turn one is probably more scary than going in the corkscrew. Honestly, facts. Right? Wow. Yeah. I, to me, it would be right. That's that that to me is the corner that that separates the men from the boys at Laguna Seca. Would be that corner right there. Um. Cause it's uh, you, you see a lot of people, you know, over the years come up in there two wide, three wide, and the inside guy, I know he's just like, you know what, I'm gonna bend it, I'm gonna win it because he ain't got nowhere else to go. You got to, you're fully committed at the time, right? Now every time I'm like, shit, dude, yeah, the the drilling going through there, yeah, I'm sure it's uh, it's crazy, man. It's good. You stuff. know why he's asking? Because he wants to know if like if another seat comes open on your team, there, you know, he's he's ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm nowhere near as fast. I mean, we we play some PS5. I'm pretty good on that. You know, I could probably keep up with you there. But yeah, I'm still waiting for the uh, the scooter uh, division come out. You ever watch it over in Europe? They have the scooters and they're all like jacked up, and then it's hilarious to watch. No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't seen that. No, but yeah, man. uh, 2023. What was your season like? How would you define your season in 2023? In all reality, it was rough. It was really rough. Uh, my crew chief of almost seven years passed away in March right before the season. Yeah. And me and him were real close. He worked at the dealership, so we talked all the time. And so we got we knew each other's lingo, and he understood me, and I understood him. So setting up the bike wasn't a much of an issue ever. I mean, the biggest issues we ever had was – you know, the new 750 with all the technology on it was trying to get that figured out. But suspension-wise, it wasn't wasn't much of an issue. And that's a big thing is your feel on the motorcycle. So when that happened and last minute trying to find crew chiefs and all of that, I mean, it was it was difficult. It was very difficult. Yeah, and the, then, Mike Pond came in, right? Yeah, Mike Pond came in for a little bit, and he tried his hardest for sure. But yeah. like I said, that the technology on – the 750s is basically Moto 2 stuff. So for a lot of people, it's it's hard to understand. And, you know, luckily by the end, Boyd was available and we brought him in. And he had a lot of experience from working with like attack and stuff like that in the Moto GP days. So he, he had more, a little bit more understanding. And uh, 
we all clicked once Boyd was on and got us moving in the right direction. So by the end of the season, I was back to where I wanted to be. But, you know, the end of the season, we had a lot of DNFs and stuff, which I feel like I'm a pretty consistent rider, and that, that really hurts your ego and your confidence, you know, falling that far behind from where you were the season before. I mean, I, I ended the season of 2022 fighting for the podium. I finished fourth at Barber in the last race. I mean, I was right behind Ty Scott in the last Proper. race on the podium. So coming to 2023, I was like, I feel like I have most everyone's number and I could be right there with them battling for the podium. And, you know, we had a good start at the beginning at Atlanta. I was right there with them, but then we had a freak deal with some bad oil and it screwed the whole weekend. And it seemed like from right then the ball just started rolling downhill. Yeah, I could tell during the season there. I could tell the tension in the team and Posh was your your teammate. And I could just tell with everything, it, it just wasn't clicking. It seemed like, like you said, um, but now you get a good 2024 coming up. So, yeah, we got Boyd back on and uh, we hired a data guy, Murph. So, and he knows his stuff with all the 2D stuff and all that kind of, all the data and stuff with the bike, which reading data and what we do it as a professional is huge and being able to overlay data and all adjust engine braking as much as possible fine-tuning the bike as much as possible to the the smallest t you know is huge so having two other super fast riders on my team too is going to be huge because you can't you're not going to be any faster if you're not riding with the fast guys so that's right, that's right. iron sharpens iron Yep, yep. And this year, I mean, I feel like the super sport class is more stacked than the super bike class. So that's exactly, I'm just going to just say that yeah. the super bike class this year is going to be like insane. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Super sport is yeah. definitely. Yeah, if you're in the top 10 class. in super sport this year, you're, you're doing something. You're on the money for sure. Yeah. Facts. Especially it's, now with the Ray Hall coming in and um, yeah, it, it, it's always good to get other competition because it's going to make you a better rider. Um, and, uh, I think the boys at Warhorse might get a little, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be running away this year. Nah. That's the plan. You know, that V2 is dumb fast. Like, we can is. stick with them in the straights, but the way it, it – tire wear on that thing is ridiculous, and the way it comes off corners is crazy. So, it'll be interesting this year for sure. They, so, yeah. But they uh, – uh, Warhorse ain't entering in the 600 class this year, are they? They haven't released anything, but they I haven't, they they haven't said anything yet. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm I mean, I hope sure. they do. I hope they don't pull out now because Rahal showed up. I mean, yeah, put it I out mean, there. Let's see what you got. Let's you know, see. Now, now you got someone else that's got some money and some competition. So, uh, real quick, my man Jack Knights over there in BSB. What is up, buddy? How you doing, man? Um, and then, dude. So, I, I got a good friend, Chris Gladden. He actually has a question for you, Jared. Um, he says, what's up, guys? Uh, Jarrett, have you ever ridden at Splendora in Texas? I have not. I haven't even heard that of that, honestly. Neither have I. Yeah. I have, yeah. Where's that at? Ask him where it's at. Yeah, I, I don't know. We're just I, curious. Yeah. He yeah, and I were actually, a, uh, a Jared and I were like just talking. Private tracks down there that a lot yeah. of people, like, obviously don't have the capability of riding at. So, What's the track? So my sister lives in Decatur. We were just talking. Before we started this podcast there, and you said that that's where you test at down there. Yeah, Eagles Canyon Raceway. 
it's kind of like a little country club. Uh, CMRA races there like once a year, but other than that, like they don't really do much racing. Like I said, it's more of like a country club kind of thing. Yeah, and it's only like it, it's two and a half hours away from us, which is the closest track to us. So uh, during the winter, when it is warm enough, uh, that's where we go down and test and get seat time. Yeah, he says it's an old uh, moto track, dirt, dirt moto okay. track. Yeah, no, I, I haven't. What part of Texas is it? In? Is it northern Texas? Is it outside? Yeah, Dallas, all the motor tracks I've ridden are more northern Texas. Yeah, yeah. You don't really go south Texas because obviously it's all ranch down there. Texas is so big. Texas is take eight hours. Oh my god, drive south, right? And you ain't even been through a third of the state. You're like, wait, mm-hmm. what? That's one of the are states you, you actually have to fly to go somewhere. If you're going to go to like Corpus Christi out of Dallas, you either want to drive ten hours or you're going to fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like I go from ten hours here, I'd be north of Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I go ten hours here, I'd be in Florida for sure. Well, let's go. Let's let's do it. Let's make it happen, Jared. Let's roll. We're on the way to come. So, well, Jared, actually, what do you, you like come to do? Like us. when you're not racing, like what's your thing that you just like to go do? Well, first of all, do you have a do you have a girlfriend? Are you have a I'm married. Other? You're married. Okay, me yeah. too. There you go. So, uh, what do you like to do? Like when you're not racing, you're not doing work. What's like your fun stuff to go do and just you know, that people don't know about you. Uh, we love going to Florida and exploring, you know. I think this year we're going to go check out Jacksonville. We haven't been that side of the of t- uh, Good Florida, city. But uh, Tampa and then all through the panhandle of Florida, you know, we love that Destin, that area, the white sands. Mm-hmm. So we love going there and just relaxing, enjoying the weather, the white the white sand, the yeah. ocean. Yeah. If my, my long-term goal would be to eventually – move there i'm not a big winter fan so if i could get to florida i'd be stoked and so i could complain about the, the sand weather in the winter <laughs> i got sand in my shoes again girl aha well yeah, let us know that's amy and our goal is to get down there to florida too yeah, actually i think I, we're gonna start being cruisers here this year for the first time because we're actually doing a virgin cruise which is a, a total adult cruise oh yeah so i can see uh yeah it'll be kind of fun to go to mexico and honduras and it's about the cheapest way you can go and see other countries and not spend a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah for our honeymoon, we went out on a cruise out of Miami, and it was pretty dope. That's where we're going to go out of Miami, yeah. Yeah, we're actually going to do Christmas this year, so it'll be fun. Just be careful. I mean, there's a lot of free food, so you can gain some weight. Uh, <laughs> have you noticed? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm trying food, to get rid right? of it. Yeah, it's it's worse, and you get back, and you realize you gained 10 pounds. And you're, yeah, you're like, wait, dang, what? Right? burn all this off and then you got the drink package and it's like there's no one especially this one because it's an adult it's there's no kids on this so it, it's geared towards adults and the, the themes and the shows are all can be more risque because it's you know there's no kids yeah. around well you gotta uh, so, get the drink package always on a cruise right well they actually give like 400 worth for the drink package if we signed up on black friday so i was just like are you kidding me i mean who's gonna drink well I won't say that. <laughs> I was gonna say. Just gonna uh, say it. You know. <laughs> well, on a cruise, each drink is ten dollars a pop, if not more. So yeah, you'll get there real quick. Yeah, so yeah. They're actually the they're actually really together. yeah. It's about ten bucks. I think they said where other cruise lines are like fifteen to sixteen. So um, yeah, yeah. Get your money somehow, right? So exploring, so that's a good deal. And then, always uh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, uh, Paul McKee says always pulling for Altus. Go get him, Jarrett. Thank you, thank you. We're excited for this 2024 season. Like we said, it's going to be a stacked class, so we got to be on our A game all year. Yeah, yeah. 
for sure. A stat class. I, I've never been on a cruise, man. I want to go. I want to take my wife. Me and my wife, we've been married since 08, never been on a honeymoon. Um, so well, that's what you got to do then. Yeah, I know. I know. Go book the Christmas somewhere. cruise on Virgin. And uh, take her somewhere. You do the honeymoon sure. one. We're going to do a honeymoon one. So there you go. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. That, that'd be good times for sure, right? I'm going to have to get me that. I'm going to get your wife on here afterwards and we'll tell her to go book it. <laughs> right. She will too. Mexico, they have good margaritas too. So, <sighs> yeah. Well, we go to Costa Maya uh, Christmas Eve and then Honduras will be um, Christmas Day. So, we'll be zip lining through the jungles. So, it should be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I actually grew up in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, but my dad, see, I forget how long he was he was in the Navy um, at the time, or what, exactly what he was doing. I knew he was a fighter pilot. I was like maybe four, but yeah, I grew up in Jacksonville till I was six or seven. I think they have a naval air station there, don't they? Yep, they do. Yep, he went to the Marines. I think I went up to Beaumont, South Carolina. Yeah. It's yeah, crazy because is there, which is a big uh, depot facility for the Air Force. So KC forty six goes there. So maybe if a slot opens up, we could move on over. That'd be yep, nice, there you right? go. There you go. Yeah, that'd be good, right? Pack your bags, honey. We're going to Jacksonville. Yeah, it's good. Good. I, I, down, so. I don't know. I, if I, I get my uh, my whatever one fifty one or whatever it is commercial there, so I can fly it there. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I remember trying. That's the first time I tried alligator was in Jacksonville. You, have you tried alligator, Jared? Yeah, I think oh. we tried it and at a restaurant in uh, Birmingham before. Tastes like chicken, huh? Yeah, it don't really taste like much. It's just chewy. It, that's what I was going to say. I felt like I could blow a bubble with this. Like, are you kidding me right now? How long do I got to choose this meat up? All you taste is the seasoning they put put on it and fry it with. Yeah. Basically, that that is uh, Chris uh, Gladden actually said that it's in Splendora, Texas, in Liberty County. That track he was talking about, that dirt track. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, the I don't only, know the only place I, know. I just know Tarrant, Dallas. Uh, um, there's a there's like literally like a billion cities in, in <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, Texas it's is so, just like nuts. It's its own country. I mean, let's just be honest, right? It's its own country. The for size real. of Europe. So it's bigger than Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I just got back from, uh, well, in August, I wish I just got back to uh, Louth. I went out there for the Cadwell park race for, for BSB. And, um, I was talking to some of the guys out there and they're like, dude, yeah, we drive like six hours. This is the farthest we drive. And that's tip to tip North to South. Right. I'm like, dude, six hour drive, uh, in Texas, you wouldn't be maybe hit three gas stations. I was gonna say they do, they do half the season on one tank of gas. Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> a motorhome. Yeah, because yeah, they would ask me why is it so expensive over here to race, and I was like, because our country's just so widespread out, right? Um, it's it's hard for especially the up and comers to to get the sponsorship to make it. You know, if you're driving from Florida to Seattle, I mean that's a that's a haul, and then you got to drive back, and you know it's yeah, I mean, it's super expensive. It's like a three day trip right there. I know. Right? Oh yeah, ready so, to get out um, the car. So, how's your wife deal with it? Does she like you racing? Is her, uh, you know, is she worried? Uh, she has her moments, but she she enjoys it, and she comes in the round when she can because she obviously works full time job as well. So this, I think this season she's going to try to come out more 
uh, helps you probably. Yeah, having obviously there he doesn't like get offs and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, no one likes to see that. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, real life, everyone's got to work now, so it is hard to get get people there and it is support. And but it's always nice when they're there, then because you know you yeah. got somebody there. Now, so, oh, one day when you when you guys actually have kids, are you going to let your kids race if they want to? It's all up to them. I'm 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 not gonna be one of those people that, you know, pushes them to to ride a motorcycle or something. I mean, I'll be stoked if they play golf. They'll make more money. Yeah, right. That's what that's one thing I told my son. He, he was like, Oh, I want to do this. I was like, bro, listen to me and listen to what I'm gonna tell you. You really want to make big money, uh soccer for real. Soccer and just like well, same thing, what you said, right? Soccer man, you go out there and make three hundred million dollars for you know three or four years in soccer, it's just retarded. I mean, it's big money, right? Motorcycle racing, you're paying uh, $150,000 a year just to ride a super sport machine, and you got to pay for the damages, right? I mean, it's limping the rest of your life. Yeah. Might as well go play football and at least try to like make a ton of money. Yeah, those dudes are getting so many concussions now, though. I mean, that's. Well, now everyone's like, no, they won't let kids kids play tackle football now when they're young. But I'm like, well, they have to learn the technique of a tackle. That's why they start young, so you learn the techniques or you're not. But here's what I don't get. I grew up in the 60s, 70s. You know what the padding was? Little stickies we had in the helmets. <laughs> and we would go head-to-head. Boom. Head-to-head. And they're saying, well, they're bigger and stronger now. Maybe, but when you contact helmet-to-helmet, they didn't have any padding. Those guys aren't drooling off their whatever. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's a, and yeah, maybe they are faster, but I just think I would love to take the old guys and put them against the guys of today and see what would happen. I just I think, think those old fair. guys just had that toughness about them, you know. They break an arm, they're still in there, you know what I mean? It's not they're not crying, they're not off because they got their bell rung a little bit. You know, somebody slapped upside the head, gave them smelling salts, and they went back in. Their teeth are all busted out. They're they're, they're taking them, they're hiking a ball. Right today, they're like, Oh my god, I busted a tooth. I gotta come out. My pinky's broke, I gotta go to the hospital. Yeah, right. I'm out for three games because my yeah, thumb hurts. Yeah, you know, they did, they would inject it and shoop, out you go. So, um, uh, well, this season 2024, Jared, what's your expectations going in this season? Be honest, I'm trying to keep my expectations low because no one wants to. Not live up to their expectations. So, I mean, top tens fighting for top fives all season. We'll all be stoked. I th- it's definitely achievable. I, you know what I say? I say you're gonna take a W at least, at least one or oh, two, right? Yeah, stoked. that'd be so right? stoked. Right. Oh, so we're watching the TV. I'm jumping through the TV. Yeah, me too. Right. I'm. I'm I might have to break it and go buy a new one. Um, You'll see yeah. me cry on live TV. That's okay. Ain't ain't nothing wrong hey. with crying, bro. Absolutely not. Yep. Just do Absolutely. the NJMP so I can be there. Because then I, I get you on my shoulders there. Yeah, I love New Jersey. So that's yeah. one track I'm always happy to go to, even if it is raining. I mean, it's always so sketchy there in the rain, but I end up being a ride pretty decent there. Yeah, yeah. And this year, Mark, I mean, because me, me and Mark, well, obviously all three of us were there. It was, uh, yeah, it was super wet there this year, right? It was, uh, yeah, windy. Yeah, very windy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it was really uncharacteristic for that time, though. Usually it's not. I mean, the last couple of years before that, we had some pretty good weather. So 
I don't know if you remember back in the day, we used to race there twice. We raced there in April and then in September. In April, one year, it was a Bobby one that raced, but I was like, how are they racing? Because it was like flooring. It was raining and it was like, like it had flurry. We actually had to go buy gloves because our hands were numb. I'm like, how are they on these bikes? You know, and they could feel their hands. I just couldn't get it, but it was nuts. Adrenaline. Well, in 2015, the first year of uh, RC390, first round was at Road America and it was cold and raining and like you could never feel your hands and it was brutal. I bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. That up there. 99% of us had never even rode in the rain. We're all out there like, <laughs> winging it let's let's do it right goes, yeah. you all go yeah that's good <laughs> stuff man so how did you like the rc390 experience because a lot of people come from the rc390 i'll be honest it was it was okay i mean i wasn't like i said i was i was always one of the bigger kids so it was so hard to be in that lead group and i mean it's one of those things once you lost that lead group you there's no making it up yeah, yeah no not with that yeah not with that drafting yeah. yeah, even then, if you're tall like he is, that was remind me kind of like NASCAR. You know, like you had to get in that train, and then that's the you know, it, it's kind of like Daytona with the you know, with the last thing to get in that little train there, and they slingshot by. Uh, but uh, yeah, so you could be at Daytona, bigger, you try to make it up on the brakes, but then on a 390, I mean, that defeats the purpose of the bike because you want to be Corner off speed. the brakes as much as yeah. possible and back on yeah. the gas. Yeah. So, so now will you guys be at Daytona? still up in there i mean we'll see we have some sponsors stepping up so daytona's just so expensive and with three riders it's it'll be a big bill so if we can obviously get, get the funding to do it i think we'll be there so there's something that chris can tell you more about it there's something that the riders over at bsb do to get funding they have like the club your number whatever you know like yeah they have club 66 and people um donate to that yeah, so, so we've yeah. been trying to get it going here. Yeah, yeah, exactly what he said, Jared. So let's say what, whatever number one, Jared's number one, right? So sign up to Jared. You know my clubs, whatever, forty bucks. You get a a hat or a shirt. I'll sign it, maybe a little poster or whatever. But uh, it helps you fund your season, right? Your personal sponsor you, whatever, and then you can put people's names on your bike somewhere, a couple on your helmet, a couple on the yeah. tail section or whatever, right? But it, it also brings more of a fan base to you too, right? Because people feel more involved, right? And instead of just being your fan, be like, dude, I'm part of his club. Look, check it out. I got the hat. And if you look closer on TV, my name's right there on the tail section. Check it out, right? So it just brings the more – It to me, I think it's, a it's a, it's a, as they say, proper mega idea, right? Um, but yeah. For sure, but then it all kind of comes back full circle back to the social media thing. If you don't have a huge yeah. following, I mean, if you get a hundred people to sign up, that's not going to do nothing. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it's it, yeah, and that like you go back to that um, part of the reason, like I said, when we were CFE, how we started is because of that. You know, we're trying to get people to come see you guys and like, you know, put that out over social media, add a page, you know, try to get people in. I think um, because. Back in AMA, when Maladin was winning everything, so when it first started, you know, you used to have to get bust in the NJMP. Um, you'd have to park way out on the field, and they'd have to bust you in on school buses. And then the years of Maladin winning everything, you know, you could just see the crowds got smaller and smaller and smaller until people just – I think we were at a race, and 
I'm not kidding you. I, I think we, uh, I think we parked in the paddock actually, and there was like hardly anybody there. And that's when Moto America came and took over. And you know, look at all the years it took, but slowly we're building it up. And how about this? You ever think about baggers? Because that's where the money's at. That's what I was going to ask him. I mean, it's ever opportunity ever came, but you know, hey, if anyone's out even there, even to build one of those bikes is dumb money. Yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure maybe someone got owns it. a bike that want want you to race it, kind of like yeah. what Max Flinders has. You know, you never know. Yeah, somebody may be on here, and if you're open to the idea, they may be like, "Hmm, we're looking to start a team." I mean, as a rider, we're always down for anything. If it has two wheels, we'll ride it. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I think it brings in almost more people. Sometimes, like I mean, than yeah, GMP, you see I, how I, how I, that paddock is. I mean, it's nothing but Harley's. Yeah, yeah, I mean, almost every round now that has the baggers. I mean, all the fans that are there are usually for the baggers. But yeah. that's good, though, man. Me, me and Mark's had this conversation before, man. I think it uh, it it's helped. Um, moto america to where it is now like it's a big part of why moto america is is where it's at now with with sponsorships and, and uh attendance right it's because of the indians and the baggers um i mean who would have thought right if if we all three of us would have had this conversation 10 years ago man fucking baggers are gonna tear it up moto america one day would be like yeah right whatever right now well that was kind of the deal are. when they first announced it we we're like what yeah i mean yeah, it's it's how lame all their minds yeah, yeah it's like how lame is that gonna be? And then I saw it in person. Well, on TV, I still was like, okay, whatever. And then I saw it in person. I was like, what? I was like, it was insane. Daytona are going as fast as the super sports are. Every like, track they're going they just clocked as fast 180. Goes. I was gonna say backer. every yeah, it's it's it, 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 they're actually being BSB too. I don't know if it's gonna be 2024. Um, but when I was over there, I talked to Steve Hicks who, who runs it, and he told me that uh they were bringing the backers over there, and that's going to be that's going to be oh, there you go. yeah, that'd be now proper. we got to get Jared over there and then give me an right. That that's and what I was going to ask. Plane, you. So you work for Boeing, so you can get over there, right? So, yeah. Those tracks already look sketchy enough. I can't imagine doing that stuff on a bagger. Also, well, they're all short. They're all pretty short and twisty and and narrow. Yeah, bro, dude, listen, y'all have no idea. Cadwell Park, <laughs> it, Cadwell is my favorite track in the world. First and foremost, right? It's Imagine just launching it over that hill, dude. The history, bro. I'm telling you, Jared. That's when I first went there, here. bro, dude. I'm telling you, dude. Literally, it, the, the truck's as wide as my computer screen, 17 inches wide. Right? It's <laughs> no bullshit. I was like, "What are you kidding me right now?" And I showed up. I think it was a Thursday, the first day I went. Um, no teams were there. They actually had a car track day and a and a bike track day. And um, of course, I went straight to the mountain jump, and uh, they weren't. Nowhere near launching it like the BSB guys, but yeah, that's the first initial pressure. It's so narrow, and um, so turn front straight away. It's all pretty much wide open all the way through the back section. You come back around to the mountain course, it, it properly closes up. The width stays the same, but now once you jump over the mountain, you got literally tire walls on both sides of you for the next, I think, four or five corners six corners and then it opens back up again but uh to see them guys jared uh, in real life uh hi kitty uh properly sent it over that mountain is it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen it's absolutely crazy right uh and i asked one of the guys i was like man how do you set up because cadwell is so different how do you set your bike up for the jump right because that's one of the main features of the track and uh you can't have your chain 
you, you basically want your chain kind of loose because when you jump it, it's it, dude, it's they were explaining it to me, and it was just like oh, all this chaos going on, right? It's, it's proper, but I would love to see you over there in BSB, man. It, it would be. We need some Americans over there, man. We do, man. Yeah. Let's, let's sign you up. Let's get you on there. He can come in there because we've had moms, we've had dads, we've had yeah. dogs. Now we have a cat. Now we, we got can a ask cat. questions too. Yeah. I have three cats. So, so which one is this one? one? That's Salem. Salem. Nice. Is it a boy? Yeah. Yeah. You got any dogs? I do. I have one dog. What kind I of dog do you have? A pug. St. Bernard. Oh, St. Bernard. Are so you my, kidding me? Dude, that's a that's a dog. Wow. You, you got the barrel full of where's bourbon? He, where's he at? No. Oh, Jared, come He's on, man. We got to get you a barrel. Really? Yeah. They're beautiful. They, my mom and dad had one. Uh, my dad named her Princess Peru. And uh, she, she lived, I think she was eight when they finally had to put her down. But she was big dog, super lovey, uh, long hair. It's actually my second one. Uh, two years ago, almost two years ago, we had to put my first one down. She's about eight. Yeah. And I couldn't take it not having a dog. So then that yeah. years, there's actually a St. Bernard rescue up by the city here in Oklahoma. Nice. One of their specialties oh, really? is St. Bernard. So yeah, we picked him up and he's like the best dog ever. Nice. Wow. That's I don't awesome. remember ever seeing him at a race. So he doesn't come to the races then. No, because. I fly in because of work. So, oh, yeah. Okay. I'd have to buy a whole row of seats to bring him along. <laughs> I was going to say a whole aisle just for the dog, dude. No bullshit. And then just the way they the service, slobber and drool. Just put the service thing on like everybody else does. You know, just put the yeah. service jacket on. It's my service boat. I, uh, I, I got two cats myself uh, and two dogs, but one's a one dog, uh, Charlie. She's a female. She's a purebred pit. The other one's a Tennessee Walker Hound pit mix. And he's like, 130 pounds, loud and obnoxious, talks well, all the time. Where is he at? I've never seen him on the podcast. Dude, because I got to shut the door, man. I'll bring him in after we end the live video so you guys can see him. Because, dude, if he was in here right now and I don't physically touch him or pet him, he's barking, he's talking, he's loud. He, well, he let's make the deal right like before it. we end it so people can actually see him. All we'll right, I'll, I'll bring his big ass in here. Y'all <laughs> ask for it. I'm just saying. No. Yeah, yeah, he's my dog cool. weighs almost 160 pounds. So. Yeah, well, Jerry, he's a whole how about this? To deal with. Right before the end, you'll bring yours in, and then you can bring yours in, and they can see each other. Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll talk, because Cruz loves to talk. Maybe they'll talk to each other. I'm telling you, he, he's a talker, 110%. Um, Jared, dude, that's awesome. So are you in any, any other sports at all? Like, do you play golf or Yeah, soccer? I play golf. Obviously, right now it's too cold, so yeah. I mean, when it warms up, I love to play golf. Not right. Like sports like football, basketball during the off season, baseball, football, or are you just all in racing and golf? I'm not too big into football and baseball. I mean, I'll watch it, but I'm not. I don't follow it. Yeah, that much. Either. I'm a soccer guy myself. So, yeah, usually when you grow up down in Oklahoma, well, I don't know. Football's pretty big down there. Yeah, my dad loves football, but I don't know. I just never really got into it. Yeah, yeah. Do you play PlayStation at all? I used to. I used to be a real big gamer, but I don't play anymore. He's married. He's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, my wife kind of kind of cut that off. She's like, you're I too grown for this. I used to work swings, so that was like 3 to midnight, and I'd come home and play Call of Duty and stuff with my buddies until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and be miserable the next day. So. Talking shit a, the whole time. Yeah, yeah it's good. It's fun, that. though, man. It's good. It's good. It's, it's... I think the boys play that because I know 
thought they played with Camp Obi. I can't remember. They played with a couple of guys, I think. I think it's Call of Duty. I think Nick and I used, I used to play with Cam P every once in a while when he was on our yeah. team, but yeah. yeah. I'm, I want him. He's, he's actually coming along too. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for him. I'm just wondering what's going to happen to Matt. That's what you I was going to say. Matt, the sad skulls, thing is man. with them. Yeah. With Tig. Trig, you know, Trig yeah. is the one that named us, you know, so it's, oh man. Uh, I We just talked to him this last year and, and yeah, that's sad that he, that's a whole sad situation right there, yeah. you know. Yeah. Hopefully another team will sign him or put another bike in the in their lineup to be able to sign him. I hope so because he's such a good guy. You know, and that's not, not just a good guy, but he's a good rider, you know. Yeah. And he's tough. You know, he gets hurt oh, yeah. and he can get up there and he'll ride. I, I, you know, it was like oh, Max, okay. you know. I was hoping one day Max would get picked up. I mean, he was riding on the baggers in Jersey and he gets hurt and um, limping. And I'm like, oh, he's probably going to be out. Oh, no. He went got his foot numbed up and he's out riding again. He's like, on the podium, it. too. Good job, yeah. Max, dude. It was proper. Yeah. Good to see That's you. how it's going to be when you get on there. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that podium, just being anywhere near that podium, uh, that's that's what it's about right there. You it know? So when you're there, it's going to be that way. It's yep. going to be. People are going to be, it doesn't matter if it's first, second, third. That podium is going to, yeah. Good stuff. You're going to get there. No, for Dude, this year he's going to be there. He's going to be on the top step, 110%. I got faith, for sure. I'm with you. Have you like have you met Torin? Uh not really, no. I mean, we were obviously on the track at the same time at Coda, but even like during sessions, I never even really saw him out there. So it was just during the race, and I got tangled up with some people during the race, so I got knocked back and had to fight back forward during the race. So they were in a different group. Well, no. dude, that's awesome. So look, uh, 2024, Jared. Super sport champ. What do you think? It sounds good, don't it? Yeah, let's that'd do be, it. That'd be amazing. It would be, man. Yeah, let's make it happen, man. Uh what um what's your favorite food? I'm not sure, honestly. I love Mexican food, so that's I mean, a you're from Oklahoma and like Mexican food. Yeah. Hmm. Everybody loves Mexican food, man. That's that's the staple. Yeah, it's I guess it's, it's it's more Tex Mix. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Do, do, do you like spicy food? Yeah, you I like, like spice. Spicy food. Yeah. Do you ever watch the hot ones on YouTube? Yeah. 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 Have you tried any of their hot that's sauces? That's probably too spicy for me, though. Oh. Yeah. That's like like your skin's rolling off. It's like you're peeling yeah. like your sunburn. Jalapenos are sp- spicy enough for me. And those are like, oh, okay. That's about where I'm at. Millions yeah. of soldiers higher than that. So yeah. a hard pass on that. So, what people might not know about you, well, I'm sure people that know you in the paddock know this, but some people that um, maybe watch this that are just not motorcycle fans is that. You're a member of the Choctaw tribe yes, in sir. Oklahoma. And yep. I didn't even know that till today. Yep. So. Uh, it comes from my dad's side. His his great-grandmother or great-great-grandmother was like full blood. And so I still got a little bit in me. I have, my, I have my Indian card and everything. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's good stuff. I'm trying to get the tribe to come on board, but. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, yeah, I mean, they got all the, they got the casinos. They, I mean, they can make some money and they won't come forward. Nothing yet. All right, Choctaw, you guys have to step up for this guy. Step it up and Boeing. Step it up. Represent. Yeah, uh, a couple of years ago, Miles Thornton rode for us and he's actually Choctaw Indian also. So for to have two riders that are Choctaw on the same team, 
in the same organization was like not heard of. So yeah. we tried to get him to come on board that year, but you know, even then didn't hear much. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Hmm. That's yeah, that's rare. That's that's good. Well, hopefully they will step up, man. It would be good. It would be Yeah, I mean that's a tax write off, right? Yeah. Everything's a tax write off for those big companies. So right. I don't I don't see the big deal to them why they can't just give us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like you're asking for like like millions and millions, like mostly, you know. Yeah, yeah we're it, not it, it makes no sense to me. You got a guy that throws a football, he gets like three hundred forty million dollars to throw a football. And um and for about and then he gets to the playoffs and hurts his thumb or whatever, you know what I mean? And yet you guys that put your life online like every day. Um and I get it. Everyone's gonna say, and I get it, everybody, it's not the same. They don't have the same viewership, they don't have the same, you know, um it, I get it. They don't sell um the NFL sells a lot more than North America, I get it. But yeah, it's like uh, stadium sports, so yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not in the stadium. They're not too stoked about it. No, no, because, I mean, look at a, Arena Cross. I mean, Supercross. You know, back in the day when it was outside, I mean, you got – I mean, it was, you know, Hurricane Hannon days and stuff. But when they brought it in the stadiums, you're right. It took off. Yeah, okay, game, people but... like to see – like to sit in one spot and be able to see all the action. So, I mean, if we start road racing indoors, I guess we could make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, right. Who knows? Yeah. What's no, next? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Well, would you ever do the Isle of Man TT? No. No. Do you watch it? I mean, I watch the clips because I, I don't ever have to log in, but Peter Hickman and those dudes are nuts. Dude, it's, I met Peter Hickman. He's uh, I, I touched his TT bike. Yeah. I, was, I, I, I touched the God of Speed. It was uh, the Holy what Grail. A, dude, tall. what a feeling, right? It was uh, magical, man. Yeah, those guys are nuts. That's my favorite race of the year every year is, is, is the TT. It's, it's on the, my bucket They're list. definitely a different breed. If you know Mark Miller yeah. or Brandon Creed, too, they're all yeah. they're just a different breed. They just have a different way of thinking. I think you got to be a little bit off. West just went over there this past year and did some actual real road racing because yeah. his wife, Patricia, does that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, they He did. said it was for sure a bit different experience. Guaranteed, right? There's no mistake for. I just error. don't understand how the brain can comprehend that many turns and not. I mean, you can't have a brain fart at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cannot have just a hiccup. It's got to be perfect every time. Every well, time you you just push a little wide and you touch a curb, you're done. Yeah, and you could be done, done, not just done hurt. You know, yeah. so just knowing that, you know, it's like, oh my god, it's like um, the mindset. It you is. gotta be a different breed for sure to be able to do something like that. Yeah, I, I got a couple buddies that actually race uh, the TT, and it's uh, it's 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 this is the best way I explain it to people. I'm like, uh, us three, we go to Coda, we got ample runoff room, right? So our our, our safety margin of error is super huge, so we feel safe because our comfort zone is really big, right? We go out here on our hometown. You know, 200 miles an hour down a straightaway. Now, now we're this wide, right? So our safety of comfort's really, really narrow. So we don't feel as comfortable going as fast. But somewhere in that brain of theirs, that switch gets shut off, and they feel more comfortable. Almost to me, it seems like racing in that type of situation versus a short circuit. Because if you go through the past of the history, there's not been a lot of TT riders been successful short circuit racers, right? Um, no, no. I mean, it, yeah. And you know the analogy because your dad's a fighter pilot. So I, I would ask him sometime, 
Um, I got a chance to do the, um, I think it was F-18, um, maybe been F-16. I can't remember. Um, simulator. No, it was F-16. I'm pretty sure because I had uh, I had the G suit on. And um, there's a full simulator. And I remember getting in and I remember feeling actually claustrophobic. When they shoved me in there, canopy came down. I was like, ooh, like you're like jammed in there. And then I was better when I got up and going, you know, flying because, you know, obviously then you're, you're paying attention out here. But, oh, my gosh, I mean. Probably a similar thing, how you're closed in, and but uh, yeah, you get in, a, in one of the simulators in a building now. Maybe different if like is on the flight line, you know, I could look around. But yeah, I remember getting shoved in that thing. And I was like, man, this thing's tight. Yeah, it's. Uh, d- do you watch F1? Are you F1 fan? I watch some F1. You know, everything has you have to have a subscription to anything nowadays to watch anything. So yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know, but listen, the good thing. Well, hold up. Well, that's why I just stream one thing and you can get all of it. That well, usually I I, I pay for it all. I ain't gonna lie. I do the MotoGP, the World Superbike, uh, but 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 the TT is only like twenty five US dollars, which is cheap, right? I mean, twenty five bucks to watch two weeks worth of the best racing in the world. I'm in all the time. Um, there is one race series out there, and it's my favorite, and you can watch it for free. BSB, Bennett's British Superbikes.com. When the season starts, it has a live button in there. You click it, boom, you're in, right? And they also have a cool thing called TSL timing, live timing, to where if 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 you don't have a chance to watch it, you can actually listen to the audio. And they and, and the cool thing about BSB that, that I like too is is when they commentate on the races, even practices and all that, they mention every single person on the grid all the way from first to last right and which is huge they don't do that here in america right you, you don't hear them get on the grid and they go announce everybody in junior cup that's out there and actually as as the practice is going on you know they they talk about everybody you know so it's it, it's really cool um but yeah you're right everything's a subscription i used to do f1 too but it got kind of monotonous but now i find i mean let's just be honest right moto america the app, man. I listen. I love Moto America, but the app is horrible. You pay eighty dollars if you don't catch it live, bitch. You got to wait till the next day to watch it. Even then, it's well, fucking no, even when it's and live, choppy. It's still, it's still freezing yeah. a lot of times, and it, it gets frustrating, dude. It, yeah. But Jared, if you wait like an hour after the race, you can go to YouTube and you yeah. can watch it for free, right? So it's like it. It kind of contradicts itself in, in a way. I, I think they got to re- yeah. They, I don't know who's running the media there, but yeah, they need to do it better for sure. It, but, Moto America, um, you need to step that game up on the app for sure, and and you need to add other classes to it too. Like they need to do a fantasy yeah. league, uh, like Moto GP, right? Well, we need to have a Moto America fantasy league where we can, you know, pick our super bike, our super stock, our super sport, a junior cup, and all that, and then points tally. We can win actual prizes and all that. That'd be so, what cool. do you think about the the, the betting though? Because I think that's the downfall of all the sports. Like as soon as it started betting comes in, like so. Prime example: Seahawks in the uh, Super Bowl. Marshawn Lynch has been running all day long, right to the defense. Gets to the one yard line. And you're telling me he couldn't make one yard, and they did some stupid play on the one yard and couldn't get in, and lost the game. I was like, yeah, that's what Still. sold me when betting started happening. I mean, come on. He would have got in there. There's no way you were stopping him on the one yard line. I don't care if you stacked the whole team there. He was going to get through that that wall. You think it was rigged? I think I think I thrown. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen. Anytime you put money and power or you know anything like that, it, there's 100 percent corruption. 
It's just it's a it's a human. Yeah. Unfortunately, since but, sports have been going, there's always been corruption in it, right? I mean, look, you can in baseball now. You can you can bet on every pitch. Like it, it, how how much more? It's like I can understand betting the game, but like you can bet every throw, you can bet every pitch. Is he going to catch it? Is he going to scratch himself? Is he going to dig in his butt? You know, I mean, it, it's it is getting ridiculous. I ain't gonna lie, but you know, it's it's it. It'd be kind of hard to throw him out in America race though. It, it will, well, but sometimes if people aren't making money, it's be like, dude, we'll give you hundred. That's grand, the question I have. It. It's not okay. that they're gonna throw, but you know, people are struggling yeah. and they want to race. Yeah. And they're at this line, and they're like, "Well, if I make it here, you know, I'm gonna win, but I'm gonna get some money." It's a double-edged sword. Yeah, I think it's a it, it, it's a tricky situation. Um, I, I'm not a big betting guy anyway. Uh, I, I've tried, and I lose my ass every time. So I don't. I just say, "Fuck it," and don't even do it anymore. Um, uh, yeah, I, I I got a lot of friends though, man. That's they're, they're always we, we got a Rosie's around here, right? So they're like, dude, let's go to Rosie's. I'm like, I'm not going to Rosie's, right? What'd you do last night? Oh man, I went to bed at 4 a.m. for what? We was down there at Rosie's. I'm like, bro, I spent three hundred dollars. I was like, for what? You, I, yeah, I just don't get it's it. It's like it's not. Yeah, it, it's a chain uh, casino. Like we have Hollywood casinos here. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get but, it at all. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So yeah, with the track, what do you do to relax? Like, let's say you you, you know you're coming off. What, what's your thing you do that to relax to get yourself kind of back in? Hang with your buddies. You. Yeah, I mean, before races, I get real bad anxiety, honestly. So, like, big thing for me is like just getting away from everything. You know, maybe putting on some music, but like really just trying to uh, distance myself from everything and trying to get in that clear mindset. But obviously, like during between sessions and stuff, yeah, like go hang out with the buddies or whatever. Uh, what's the music you're listening to when you're trying to relax for a race? Depends on the day. I'm into almost any kind of music besides like heavy metal, but so I don't know. Just That's why we never talk about the anxiety and racing because, um, you know, people always it's such a big deal because that really is what's going to stop you from being, you know, you look at the great people. And it's like, not that they don't care, but they don't care. Yeah. If they throw their life away, that's it. They're gonna they're they're willing to lose their life to be a, a champion. And other people are really like, like I'm not that type of person. I'm not. I've always been more calculated, so I'm not willing to say, okay, I'm gonna throw my life away for two wheels. I don't care if I'm a nine time world champion. I'm just not gonna do it because to me, it it's not that important to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah, the anxiety. I know. Even just, I mean. Even for track days, you know, there's anxiety because one, you don't know if the other guy's going to knock you off. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can come. I mean, I've been at track days, three different ones and three different people have been killed, you know? And I'm thinking, wow, nuts. But that's what's so amazing about the sport, too, is that you can take that anxiety and challenge, you know, channel it down, calm yourself down and. Get it done. Turn it into a positive for sure. Yeah, I get, dude, listen, I ain't gonna lie, I get anxiety before every podcast. I gotta go in there and have a conversation with myself from the mirror. Uh, it, my wife's always like, good luck. I'm like, I'm gonna kill it. This, I'm gonna murder it. Like, this is good. You're gonna have a good time. You know, it's, it's, I get it, man. I do. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's a battle. It's an everyday struggle. It really is, dude. In certain situations, set you off even more. And you're just like, 
but it's good to say it because a lot of people wonder about that stuff. You know, and that, that's like this podcast. We like to just ask stuff that people aren't necessarily going to ask, you know, um, because that's what people really want to hear. They want to know, how do you deal with that anxiety? Because there's a guy that's going to go to track days this year. And he's like, well, how do you deal with it? How do you get yourself, you know, to calm down enough? You know, is there, you know, whatever. I all man, they take a couple of beers, calms themselves down, you know? Have a pint right before you throw the leg over it. Let's yeah. get it, right? Yeah, let's get it. Yeah, yeah so, but it does. It does release the yeah, tension. I, does. I mean, I, I know for a fact. No, it does. Yeah, it, it absolutely. It just makes you does. do what you know you can do without overthinking it. Yeah. Do you ever have a problem with like overthinking things? Yeah, all the time. I mean, like te- being technical. You're like, oh my god, I'm not. You know, I'm just. The biggest issue is myself, honestly, in in, in the sport. Is you all the pressure is coming from me. Yeah. I mean. The team supports me no matter what, so I I one hundred percent put all the pressure on myself. So I overthink it all the time. That's so where anxiety comes from. Is I I'm such a competitive person that I want to do well. Mm-hmm. I know I have the ability to do well. So I mean, just to put all the all the puzzle pieces to, together and do it. I mean, that's where it all comes from. Yeah, it's hard to get out of your own head once you're in it, right? I know. Well, yeah, it's hard to be on the start line. Go, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna have fun. Whatever happens, happens, and then yeah. you know you're like, wow, I'm actually. Don't overthink it. I'm just kind of flowing through there now. You know, I'm just doing it and doing what I know I can do, but I'm not really thinking about it as much. Do you know what I mean? Um, I do. Yeah. So, so what do you do to to relax, Jared? Netflix and chill. What series are you watching on Netflix? Uh, we love like murder mystery stuff. Right. So we just finished up one called Fool Me Once. That one was really good. Fool me once. I'm about place. to check that out. I'm about to check it out. You know, I think I just saw that the other night. Did yeah. you really? Yeah, I think I saw it pop across the top there. It was really good. So I recommend Fool that. Fool me once. Okay. All right. Fool me once. I'm, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've been watching um, the captains, uh, F- uh, FIFA, the captains, um, on the little soccer thing. The lawn fairs? Yeah, my lawn fairy. See, I, I take shit from all my friends because I'm a soccer fan. It, it's good, though. I love them all the same. So it, it's all good. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, they get injured pretty bad. I've seen them, I've seen them on the ground there, you know. Yeah, rolling around holding their shit. Like, oh, look, look, I ain't right. And then you see the replay. I'm like, where where did he get hit? Like, what happened? Yeah, I bought okay. myself on the chair at the hockey game hard, and I got hit. <laughs> Hey, I love my soccer. Okay, it's, it's good. It's good. I know it's good. It's good. It's good, dude. So, are, are you Marvel or DC? I'm honestly not into that kind of stuff. Okay, so no Star, hey, none of that, right? Yeah. Okay. I, got I mean, I'll watch it. I'm all, I'm all game to go watch the Avengers or something if it's on. But like, I'm not into Marvel, DC. I honestly, don't even know the difference. Yeah, it's yeah, it's cool, man. I am. A, I'm a nerd, so I like. Well, so, I, so I'm not shit. the only one because I always felt bad because I was like. I get asked that. I'm like, oh. I mean, I like the I like the Superman's Hulk a lot Hulk. when I was young, but that was about it. Right. The Hulk, the Hulk smash, right? Yeah, it's a uh, man. It's it's just a way to. I, I mean, I find myself getting away from here, right? Get in a cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to put on a suit and fly and shoot lasers and all that cool oh, shit? Right? I mean, yeah, it's cool. So that's uh, yeah, but and dude, I also love Disney movies, right? All the Pixar movies, dude. I love those movies. Those are. I, I do watch those a lot. But it'd be more fun if you were doing it on a bike, shooting guns at the same time, having a beer. 
Facts, facts. Like, bring back Road Rash. Like, that video game Road Rash, right? Who didn't play Road Rash growing up? That was awesome. You pull up aside, hit him with the chain, kick him off the bike. Yeah, it's uh By the way, yeah. Jared, I want you to see something. I just noticed, like, his background. He used to be, like, one shirt, two shirts. And now he's, like, uh, a museum back there. He is full. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, you talking about me? You. Yeah, I got. I just yeah, noticed, dude. like, you've got the whole museum. It's, like, everybody well, got, in BSB. Yeah, I got my, my Jake Marsh and my man uh, Cameron Frazier. Cameron just won the GP2 BSB title. And then I got my man Eli Block. Uh, I got Aliki from VNM. I got uh, Ryan Wolf, my man Levi Batty, um, Kevin Horney. Uh, who else I got up there? I got uh, CFE. I don't know if you guys ever heard of CFE, but yeah, I got I got this guy. I don't know where all the stuff is back there. I don't see it. Right, so I I don't I don't I I got to get with Jared and 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 give me an Altus shirt or or, or team shirt so I can proudly display it up on the background, yeah. right? And then I got uh, which we'll we'll definitely make that happen. I got my man um, Dave Neal. He has his own podcast off track. Uh. Uh, that's actually why I went out to BSB and then that tank shroud hanging up right there. That's actually Alex Marquez's uh, Mark VDS's carbon fiber tank shroud that he signed that actually got for a birthday present one year. So yeah, it's a, uh, and then of course all my hats and posters, dude, as you can tell, I got, it's look, strong. man, I, dude, I even started putting them on my, on the ceiling right there. You see, I got one already started <laughs> on the ceiling, man. I got, dude, you name it, man. I got, you know, the, the, the everybody, you know, the ghost show was always one of my favorites. I actually got a sign. Uh, Anthony Gobert poster right here hanging up on my wall um, that I, I met him in 1999. Right there it is. Yep, and you right. see my uh, Lego Ducati right there too. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Okay, let's just face it. I'm a motorcycle nerd. So, yeah, I can't help it, man. It's it's. Listen, since I discovered motorcycles, nothing's ever made me feel like a motorcycle has made me right. I remember when my grandma passed away three days from my birthday and. I just wanted to go ride and my mom and even my wife was like, I don't think that's a good idea, but they don't understand. That's the only thing that, um, calms you down. Like, helped, yeah. help me. Yeah. Right. Mentally, uh, really helped me. And, uh, if I didn't have that, I mean, it would be, I don't know what other outlet I'd have in life. I think we'd both be in prison. Right. right. For real, man. Home. Absolutely. Absolutely. Frankly, I mean, through a lot. When I was young too. Like you said, you grew up, with bikes and you know yeah for sure I and did. back then you used to be i mean back in the day you they were actually more dangerous because you're probably you're too young to remember this but oh we didn't I, have no riding gear like, like we had know, like now the, yeah dude i had a dock of dirt squirt and the pipe was up high and i i they'd have to sit me on it because i couldn't reach the pedal uh, the pegs and they off i go three wheelers yep. yeah, oh yeah how you know many times when i flipped that bad boy yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of fun on that, man. With big yeah. balloon tires on My dad still has a, a 250R three-wheeler. That thing's obnoxious. Yeah, it's, like, really? it's almost unrideable. Yeah, My son has a has a Suzuki, I think it's the uh, 450 quad racer. Yeah. And I'm like... But, dude, but let's just be honest. Back then, dude, we had the CR, CR500, KX500, right? Mm -hmm. We don't... We don't have 500s no more. We got 454. I have the KX 650 in college and the 750. But I, I'm, I'm willing to put some money down that a, a proper CR 500 would wax a brand new 450 four stroke for sure. 110%. That's just me. I don't know what you guys think, but for sure, I think they would. Have you ever ridden a CR 500? I'm going to tell you right now, it's like the 
you talking about the Incredible Hulk? Yeah, it's uh, well, all that torque, bro. It's uh, yeah, I, I can't explain it. Since I read one once and I was like, holy shit, here. We well, remember the TT 500 from what was it? Um, back in the day, too, it was the Enduro. Yeah, it was. Yeah, dude, I, I'm a big two stroke guy anyway. I, I always love two strokes, man. The smell, the ding, 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 ding. You know, I miss the 500s. It was, did do, do, do you watch MotoGP, Jared? Yeah. Who's your team? Who, who who who's your favorite? Uh, I've always been a big Marquez fan just because he he's willing to put it all on the line. I mean, okay. Uh, what do you think about all electronics yeah. and stuff? Then, do you think it'd be cool to have a race where it was really the rider and not any electronics on the bike, like For BSB? Sure. For sure. I think it'd be really cool because then we could really see risk control. Uh, you know, that's why I like BSB. Um, That's why I love BSB. It's a little bit more of the rider, not so much of the bike. And I know people say to me, wow, but they just can't go through fast two turns. But I'm, I'm telling you what, I think <laughs> I'd rather see a race that's really close and slower than someone's blowing somebody out by 10 seconds. And it's like, shoot. And then you're like, okay. Look, I'll tell you firsthand because I've seen them live. They, there's no bullshitting with BSBs. And, and you're right. They don't have all the electronics that. You guys have shit. Your 600s probably got more electronics than their British superbikes do, right? So they're properly racing a 240 horsepower motorcycle. I wish they would just do a season like Proper, that. Dude, I, you know, you want to get people in and uh, really honestly um, check talent, like pure talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I, man, we can go on and on about the aerodynamics i'm not a big fan of that and all the uh, the electronics and you know they, they always say oh man you gotta have them because they're getting 300 horsepower but dude if you go back and listen to any interview casey stoner matt maladin or any of them guys said even when they were you know 200 horsepower back then they're like dude i'd rather have all the electronics off so i get to feel what the bike is actually doing right and then we can add a little bit in but where they've gotten to it now it's like you sit in the cockpit it's like you got 30 different switches. You got thumb the brakes. throttle and let it go. Yeah, you got rod height device. You got all this shit going on. It's like, well, I mean, when a bike knows what corners in and what, how much how much fuel it's going to give it, and you know, it's like, oh, kind of, it's kind of like pilots today. The the skill of flying is pretty much gone because they're not going on the military anymore. They're going to Flight Safety International. They're flight management people now. They manage the all the the systems. So, like, when crap goes wrong, are they going to be able to fly the airplane? Because pretty much, you know, after takeoff, what, 1,600 feet? It's in auto, 1,000 people, and they're, they're taking the autopilot off. You know? That's, yeah. My dad says he, he that's what he does. He He's old school, though, but he says, I like to fly, but there's times where, yeah, I'll put it on autopilot. It's like cruise control in there. You just sit back and laugh. Well, that's different. He's done Chill, it, though. Right? That's yeah. Thing. You, yeah you get, it's like me. Like I won't buy a stick shift anymore because you know I use them all the time. Now I'm just lazy and want automatic. My son has a big 2500 Dodge Ram and I won't drive it because it's stick. I'm like I don't I don't want to deal with it. If you get an automatic, I'll use it. Possible even get a stick anymore. God, dude, it does. It does. You're right. You're right. Franklin, what is up, Franklin? He says, "What is up, guys?" And then hey, uh, Franklin. Chris Lewis says, what's up, guys? And then he actually has a question for me. He says, what's my favorite British circuit, dude? Uh, Cabell Park. Park. Hands down. I'm, I'm telling you guys, listen, everybody, you need to go to Cadwell Park and watch it. You'll thank me later. I promise you. Well, maybe we can see Jared over there. Tell two birds. Love one. To. Someone on a pagger. 
bro, proper, right? Winning for the right price. For the right price, we can make it happen. That's right. Good stuff, man. Yeah, Bowen yeah, needs to step up too because I think Bowen looked really cool, like having that logo on the bike, the whole Boeing logo, and they could put like the whatever bike it is that you're riding at the time. Yeah, you know, they have the seven, the triple seven on the tail or something. They put the whole number down the side, make it look like a test, like the test bike. That'd be cool, man. Have it painted where it, where it looks like it's got all the rivets all down the side of it and stuff. Yeah, yeah be that would be proper, absolutely. So, yeah, man. What uh, how do you prepare for a race? Do you have any like abnormal rituals? Like uh, when I had Nolan Lampkin on, he says he wears his socks inside out. Which, by the way, thank you, Nolan, because I started doing that and. The reason why is because, you know, when you put on a sock, there's a little seam in it. Sometimes it rubs on your toe or you just feel it. You got to move your sock. Well, if you wear them inside out, you don't have that. Right. So, yeah. And I told my wife that and she looked at me. She says, stupid. I've been doing that for years. But hmm. I mean, a big thing for me is I'm kind of superstitious. So, like, I have like the same like undersuit. Like, I don't wear like the one piece undersuits. I sort of wear like the Under Armour and like leggings underneath mine. So like, I have like the same ones I wear on Friday, the same ones I wear on Saturday. Like I have certain ones I wear on certain days. So I try to just keep like that kind of keep something the same, I guess you could say. But other than that, I mean, not too much. I've been to all the tracks, so I don't really need to study them too much anymore. Yeah. Uh, Middle Ohio this year is going to be different. So yeah, learning these track will be awesome. fun, but yeah. I'll be watching videos and stuff like that, but so tell us some of the pranks that people have done on you. Besides like trying to steal your underclothes there, because you're superstitious. But I mean, any good pranks anyone's ever done to you? Like just out of fun. Really honestly. Really? I mean, we had like the key from a, a Grom stolen once for a little while, but we eventually got it back. But other than that, like nothing too much. Dang, we gotta start this up already. We, we did, dude. Guys, a play with each other a little bit to loosen them right. up. Right, you, you, it's prankster time when I see you in Atlanta for sure. But I, so I, I got a funny story I gotta tell you real quick about pranks. So uh, my good mate Jake Marsh, he's out there in BSB. My other mate uh, Benny Grayson, he races out there too, and he's like, uh, what he did to Jake one time. Well, he did it a couple times throughout the season. He said when 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 he would walk away from his pits, he'd go out there and take his Bluetooth connect his phone to it and then put it on porn and play it as loud as he could in the paddock inside his tent dude so everybody walked by all of a sudden you know you hear the whole porn thing going on and everybody's like wait what's going on yeah so that's a prankster right there that's uh yeah that's, that's pretty uh, good that's that's good stuff yeah i can see that uh happen for sure that's also i was crying laughing when he told me that i was like shut up he's like dude he did it for real but see you know what they can get over they could do that over in europe here i think they'd be pretty uptight if it happened in motor america yeah, they'd be like right. Oh, they'd be so mad. They were trying to. I mean, it was years ago that um, we got permission to do um, the smoke bombs, like they do in Europe, right? It was the nine eleven thing, and they told us as long as we just do it right here, it's not a big deal. And they did it, and they threw it in the CFE pool, you know, the big pond. And um, they threw the two guys. They threw um, two of our guys out for it. They got all bent out of shape because it was nine eleven. We're like, it's it has to do with the race. It had nothing to do with nine eleven. It wasn't a wasn't a um disrespect or anything and it was like we're talking 12 years later obviously yeah but um i mean they did get back in but i was like you know everyone's just so uptight here like it's just yeah it's like we did it at pittsburgh you know and they were all oh my god you know they're not gonna be able to see and 
you know, all the riders come around and Ganya's like, yeah, we saw the blue smoke. It's really, really cool. You know, um, but see, that's the thing here. Like over there, they can do all that stuff. And here it's like, you know, it's, it's just, they need to loosen up a little bit. Let's have some fun. I mean, that's what you're going to sports for, right? Facts. It's all too political nowadays. It is. Well, then that's the problem with I. That that is a problem with letting companies kind of sponsor you because then you got to go with their whatever their cause is, you know. And I think I always tell people, Motor America pretty much is the last true venue um, left of what sports is supposed to be. You're supposed to go to sports to forget about your life, to have a good time. That's right. And uh, because you know. Leave everything on the outside, come together, have a great time, and then go get bombarded when you left with life again. But then you go to an NFL game or an NHL game or a major league baseball game, and everyone's got causes, you know. And, um, but Motor America isn't, they don't have causes and helmets, they don't have on their bikes. So it really is the last place you can go to kind of like just let go, you know, and have a good time with your friends and not get bombarded. And I really hope it stays that way. Sometimes I wonder if it's, why they don't have the major sponsorships because then they'd have to bow down to those people. I mean, could you imagine if like a craft or a light beer came in, you'd be paying your, you'd have to paint your helmet pink or purple or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. For whatever cause they're going to do. So, um, yeah, I just wish they would let all that alone with sports and let's have a place that we could go just forget about life, you know, but it's a fact. Motor America is really the last place that, that's like that, that I can think of. Man, we just did a couple of hockey games. And I was like, really? I mean, you can't even go to a hockey game? Like, and people are so angry. Like, you go to a hockey game, and, like, they're screaming at people. They're screaming at the players. I'm like, dude, I don't see you out there skating. I mean, facts. You know what I mean? I was always taught, if you can't do it, you know, shut your mouth, basically. You know, if you can't do it better than the other guy, you got nothing to say about it. But, um. I don't see that in our paddock. You know what I mean? I, I think I'm not saying there's not a few people, but you know, fans, but um yeah, for the most most part, you know, it's like we have a good thing going. We just have to expand it. The, 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 the bet- car. Now we gotta get the car people to come in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When they see the bikes, they're like they're shocked. They see you guys going on those turns, they're like you know, like down at Eagles Canyon, they're always like so surprised, like how we're going like quite a bit faster in them, like lap time wise. But so I don't understand like why they're not like hooked on us, you know? Yeah. It, it, like you said, it's social media. It's uh, trying to get it out there. I mean, that's what CV was trying to do, trying to get these people in, you know, uh, getting it out there on social media, um, doing stupid stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, people laugh. Um, and uh, that way you get uh, people to pay attention because it kind of got to be like in social media. And I got to do something kind of stupid to stand out, you know, because like everyone wants to be an influencer now. Yeah. So like everywhere you go, everyone's got a YouTube channel. Yeah. I mean, you go on a cruise ship. There might be seven people on a cruise ship. All they're doing is cameras all day long. I'm like, are you even joining the ship? Yeah. Like we went on to look at um, cruise videos. I mean, there must be. Pretty different people on the same ship. Yeah. Nobody's in, in tune to what's going on around them all the time, right? But I, I have a question for you, Jared, man. Are you into guns? Because I love guns. 
I am. I mean, Uh-oh. not as much as I used to be, because just like everything else, it's so expensive. Facts nowadays. But yeah, I have, I have a few. Yeah, oh, we better not go get our arsenals then. Right, yeah. right. It, 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 it's, it's we'll be out here for another two hours for sure. What up? Good, good thing about Pennsylvania is that it, it, um, they conceal permit pretty much everybody here carries. Yeah. That's probably why you don't see a ton of crime here. But well, I just Oklahoma, got my new you constitution carry, so you don't have to have your concealed and carry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I here. have my concealed, but you can me too. Open well, here, all you do is just go in the sheriff's and then you know put it for it to run a background check and you get it. There's no class. Um, but my new EDC is the uh, P365XL with the laser. Nice. So I got the laser and I, I have a Glock 19 on one side and P365 on the other side of the bed for her. But I swapped them because I was like, wait a second. I'd rather have her have the laser so she has to see a laser and point. Right. But, uh, man, what a gun. Yeah. That, what's your favorite gun, Jared? You, you have in your collection? Um, I can't say, honestly. I mean, I have a Benelli 20 gauge I'd love to go shoot some clay nice. with. Really? I think That's it's harder nice than 12 gauge for some reason, but. Mm. Benelli is a nice gun. What do you carry for your DC? I, I got a Glock. A couple. I got a revolver. I got for my grandpa when he passed away. So I don't know exactly what brand it is. I haven't done much research on it. But what do you carry if you're going to carry my Glock? Which one is it? Which Glock? Uh, I believe it's the 17 Gen 3. Oh my gosh! Yes. Oh, so you get the 45. Full size. Or See, now, it's the nine mil. So oh, is it nine mil? So it's a nineteen. It's a nineteen. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I have. The nineteen. Yeah, with the extended clip. But it's so yeah. heavy; it's hard for me to carry. Because yeah, I do. The, I do the belt belt holster, so it's clipped on there like two ways. Yeah, I have to get that. They have those band holsters now that you can go underneath your shirts because that gun is that is heavy. You put a seventeen round clip in there; it's like yeah, you I, can't uh, conceal it. I got <laughs> a t-shirt. My uh, I got an FN five hundred nine tactical. That's my favorite handgun that I own, and uh, I got I bought a tier one concealed tier one. That's the name of it, um, appendix. But the, the holster is kind of wide, right? Because it's made to spread out the weight, so you don't really feel the weight of the gun. But I mean, let's just be honest. You got twenty rounds in a gun. It's it's still going to be heavy no matter where you put it, right? Yeah, on, your, right. on your body for sure. But my favorite one that I own besides handguns is, is my three hundred blackout. I've got. I, I love my blackout. Is I start off, I was like, dude, I'm only going to put twelve hundred dollars into it. I'm almost three, and then I was like, I just got to stop, right? And I could still there's still things every time I look at. It, I'm like, man, I want to do this. I want to do that, but. Yeah, and I didn't tell my wife how much I had into it. And the first time she shot it, she looked at me. She's like, "This ain't no thousand dollar gun." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, she knew that." Not. So she yeah. knows enough about guns to know that that wasn't a thousand dollar gun. Yeah, because she grew up because her dad was in, in the Air Force and they'd been shooting her whole life. So yeah, she, my wife's very so wear around a, a a handgun or or, or AR fifteen shotguns, whatever it is. Yeah, she's a. So that's what you do before before one of your races. We'll go down the range. We'll... Lights them up, and then you'd be like, "Oh, lights and relax, let's go." Yeah, I'm down. I have a 1911 too, which I love, but that thing is a tank to carry around. Also, it is, yeah, yeah. all steel, right? Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. that's the problem with the 1911 is they're they're, they're it's just a heavy gun. I mean, let's just be honest, right? It's uh, 
yeah, I don't. Uh, it, it, you carry something heavy like that, even, even my um, that's why I stopped carrying the FN, even though I paid $180 for this holster. This is another whole, another top, right? Guns and holsters, right? You you spend $80 on a holster, you're like, oh, this is badass. You put it on, you wear it, I'm gonna give it a month, and you're like, man, this thing <laughs> sucks ass, right? Now I gotta turn around and you can't trade it in, you can't sell it, but for $30 because nobody's gonna get you know, so it's like, yeah, man, it's uh. A double-edged sword for real, but dude, we do. We're we're a big family of guns. My dad, man, he's got uh he's got a freaking arsenal. He's got scar H's, he's got, I mean, you name it. He's got uh and then when his dad died, my grandpa, he had some um Japanese because he, he was in uh the war, World War Two. So he had some old that he after whatever happened, he ended up bringing these guns back. So and then my dad's actually got them now. And uh, he's asked me what they were. I was like, dude, these are Japanese freaking World War II rifles, bro. What are you talking about? And yeah, they're, uh, but they're all, his dad uh, kept them in, dude, had, you know, when you buy a new gun, it's, it's got grease on it, right? But there's, there's a different type of grease when they store guns, right? Mm-hmm. It's like real thick, kind of reddish. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was all over it. And I just grabbed it and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, and I, Woo! Yeah, it was uh, it's like fifth wheel grease on a truck, bro. It was yeah, yeah. But he took him down and the guy down to the gun dealer cleaned them all up and asked my dad. He's like, dude, these are worth a lot of money. You want to sell them? He's like, nope. And they just set up in the safe. We never shot them. We just yeah, good stuff, man. We guns, guns are awesome. You cannot be wrong with that. No, no. I actually bought my son an AR fit. Well, an AR twenty two. Um, and he loves to go shoot that thing. So yeah. It's, good pastime the only problem is it's kind of like racing and it was expensive as shit right it's not like it was back in the day yep. I, I mean i remember i used to get 500 rounds of nine millimeter for 80 bucks oh yeah now just it's go like, by the cheap stuff even at walmart just the full metal jacket stuff too, for range ammo and it was yeah cheap. now it's like dude especially 300 blackout it's retarded yeah you know you buy 250 rounds it costs me 400 bucks and you can blow 250 rounds in 30 seconds if you really wanted to. If you had all your magazines loaded, you're just, you know, and it's done. You're like, dude, that was $400 right there. Just down the drain in 10 minutes. Let's go home. Who's buying lunch? Because I'm broke. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the depressing part. <laughs> right? Who's buying lunch? It's like <laughs> having a Lamborghini, but can't put gas in this guy sitting in the garage. Yeah, yeah. I'm lucky because Santa Claus did bring me 250 rounds, so. I got about 600 total, but not to what I, man, I used to go, the last gun show before, uh, uh, this has been several years ago, probably about six years ago, man, I got, um, for 250 rounds, it was like 80 or 90 bucks from Georgia Arms, so I bought a couple uh, canisters of them, but ever since then, it's just been, yeah, you're lucky, if, especially if you buy them in 20s. Right, you can pay up to forty dollars for twenty rounds of blackout. It's just, it's just nuts, man. It really is. And uh, my, my my other favorite gun, real quick, is uh, I got a Moisson Gant, which is awesome. It shoots a seven six two by fifty four, so it's a it's a big round. Um, but I can only shoot about thirty rounds through it because it's it's all wooden with with it's got a metal plate on the end of it. And yeah, my shoulder hurts because it kicks like a fucking bronco. Oh, Dude, it's it's retarded. It's like, bam! I'm like, holy shit! Bam! Yeah, it's it's good. But maybe one day, Jared, we'll we'll have the opportunity to, uh, yeah, load them down and go out there and squeeze them off. It'd be a lot of fun. 
So now I don't mind asking about your job there. So Boeing, is it in Oklahoma there where you work, or do yep, you have to? It's in Altus. We have an Altus base here. Okay. We have a C seventeens, KC forty six, and KC one thirty fives. Nice. Okay. I'm have you been skydiving out the KC one thirty five? I starting to phase I have it not out. been skydiving, and what was the one thirty five question? Sorry. Are they uh, phasing out the KC one thirty five? Nope. Nope. I mean, just the ones that are retiring because of old okay. age. But other I than thought that, that's why they're bringing the forty seven in the, to eventually phase out. No, the forty six uh, is replacing the KC ten. Ten. Okay, the old DC ten. Okay. Yeah. That's what. Okay, that I knew something was getting phased out. I was a big boy. Yeah, the one thirty five is going for like another fifty years, so it'll be almost hundred wow. years old by the time it retires. So yeah. how much? Um, how much fuel does that thing hold? I don't even know. How much fuel does that hold? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. It's close to three hundred k. Really? Now is that all that JPZ whatever it is the, the fighter the jet fuel? Uh, yeah, Jet A. Jet A. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I don't. For some reason, I thought the fighters took more than Jet A though. I thought they took some like JPZ, some highly flammable. All we Jet A. And in the Air Force, I mean, some other branches might mess with some other stuff, but all the stuff we've been messing with is Jet A. Just straight Jet A. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. No MR two. No, <laughs> damn no it! C, no C seventeen. Yeah, or... what? They need to step up their game, man. Uh, Mr. Two smells. They have a lot more engine players if they move to that. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. Hey, listen, if your if your bike takes Jet A, man, it's gonna go. It's gonna be proper. Jet A is basically diesel fuel, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I always love that smell when we start the planes up. Back in the day, the old TriStars. We fire them up on a cold day, and they just smoke like it was on fire. Yeah, engulf the whole thing. Oh, you smell just. Today's cool until you get covered in it, and that's stuck. Oh, in then you can't get it off. <laughs> yeah, you might as well just throw them away. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know nothing about that. Y'all are speaking a foreign language to me right now. Well, it's all oily. It, 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 it's uh, well, it's kerosene basically is what it is. Okay, like you said. Yeah, so um, it's like diesel fuel. Once diesel's kind of thicker, so you get it on your clothes, and it's like yeah, impossible. It's finished. To you can't, you can't ever wash it out. Like cat pee. Once it goes, you're done. <laughs> Throw it out. Yeah, I don't even want to talk. So my my son went and stayed a night with 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 my mom for a couple of nights. Come back and we unloaded his his little bag and we left it on the floor. Next thing I know, my cat goes in there and straight pees in it. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. You're right. I don't care what I did. Bleach, whatever it is, outside for three days. Picked it up. Was like, nope. Straight in the trash can. Nope. You can't get rid of that. Nope. It, it's horrible. It's horrible. Man, dude, we've been at this almost for an hour and forty minutes. This is this is this has been good, man. Listen, Jared, dude, uh, let's do this again. I would love to have you back on. Um, we'll, we'll definitely plan it and, and get you back on. Looking forward to twenty twenty four. Looking for you to to get in that W and standing on the top spot, right? It, yep. It's definitely gonna be proper, man. Um, yeah, I'm. A, we're gonna we're gonna end this here in a minute. I'm actually gonna go in here and make me something to eat, eat for dinner. But uh, listen, Mark, is there anything you would like to say before we get off? Um, yeah, so uh, popular boys and uh, everybody knows about CFE and and uh, you know we were doing it for about 13 years and uh, we've decided uh, that we are going to uh, just kind of step out of the name and uh, just go back to being the boys again, you know. So you won't see the shirts, you won't see the hats. Uh, we're still there. We're still 
just want to support all the riders, kind of like when we first started. Um, we all decided that that's kind of the way we wanted to go again. Just um, if you notice over the last two seasons, it was kind of wind down. I think we a lot of riders were asking us. Um, it was a lot more nuts when we were just wearing T-shirts, whoever's T-shirt we were supporting. You know, we were jumping the fence, and they were up on the podiums. And once CFE came along, which did a lot of good, I mean, I think it brought a lot of people into the sport. But it also came with a price of, like, almost being a job. And, um, you know, if you're walking around with a beer and you had a CFE shirt and someone didn't know who you were, you know, we just wanted to be able to have fun again, I think. And it, was, it wasn't getting so much fun anymore. And um, so, yeah, it was a great run. And uh, honestly, Trig named us. And now with him not being in the paddock, you know, it's kind of like not the same. Because um, it was really cool to see him. And he would always see the CFE. And, you know, it was like his thing too. So, um, but we're not going anywhere. All we're, we're just going to be back, back the way we used to be. You know, we're just going to be the guys and the crazy guys and whatever shirts we get, we're, that's what we're supporting the people. You know, that's what we want to do. Just go back to having fun again. So um, I think you'll see a, a lot more craziness and just just having fun. You know, that's what it was all about in the first place. So, uh, yeah. So that's just what I want to tell everybody. And, you know, um, not that we're going anywhere. Uh, but you just won't see the CFE stuff in the, in the paddock. So maybe we'll do a giveaway. I'm going to wear a CFE shirt. shirt. You guys will you see. You can wear it all you want. want. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got one left. Yeah. Maybe we'll but, do a contest and, like, you do uh, auction it off and give the money to some rider, you know. Oh, man, I got a great idea. Why don't we take it to MA and, and have all the riders sign it, and we can just uh, maybe do a, a drawing on a podcast one day and, and yeah, yeah, give it away to, to a lucky viewer, whoever – whoever gets it i think that that'd be a great idea for sure and man listen real quick what, what cfe has done for the sport uh brought all the passion and brought so many new people to the paddock it, it's, it's it's amazing um uh yeah it, it's an honor for me to have met all the cfe guys man what a blast it was at jersey when i finally met them all uh it i think was, you know, uh, it's gonna be a little more fun now without the shirt i think it's gonna be uh what you experienced you yeah know, it was, was initiated yeah. by the way jared he had initiated the 6 30 in the morning had the shotgun of beer dude so, straight uh, up as soon as i get in the tractor like bam i'm like <laughs> oh hell i think you're gonna see a lot more uh the way it used to be so i mean i don't you you don't remember us when we first started but uh you know i mean there's some really crazy stuff going on it was a lot of fun and uh i think that's you know where we want to go back to just being you know the guys that go out and just have a good time and uh don't have to worry about the shirt you know, some people got confused and thought maybe we were a team, and then they see us drinking, and they're like, you know, they weren't sure. I mean, most people knew us in the paddock, but, you know, you, you get a few people that say something on social media or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, we just decided that we just want to wear, like, Altus Motorsports shirt, sport gear at a race. So also wear a, a different shirt, and, you know, that way um, we're truly supporting him. You know, we got his shirt, not a CT shirt. And that's kind of what we looked at. We kind of thought it's kind of getting away from, um, we got, I think people are starting to come in now. So now we can just go back to supporting the riders like what we wanted to do to begin with. So there'll still be crazy antics uh, around the, oh my God, dude, that's not real. Podium, though, that's not going to change. You'll, you'll see us over there. And I want to be part of it this year too, where I'm back there 
lifting up the riders and hooping and hollering and yeah, squeezing water on everybody, chasing. Oh, oh I'll put this guy on my shoulder, so I got a picture. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Yeah, I'm, I dude, listen, Mark. What an honor it is to to have you be part of Pendergast too. It's a I appreciate it. Af- absolutely privilege it is, man. And, and Jared, it's, it's an honor to have you on. Before we get on there, how can people find you, support you? I know you're not big into social media, which unfortunately is a big part of the sport now. But how can people find you, get in touch with you, to support you? Yeah. I- I try to be involved in social media as much as possible, but getting the right posts and stuff out there, it's a full-time job. Uh, but oh, I, I do have Instagram, uh, Jared underscore five nine, and then Facebook is just my name. I have a just me is Jared Nasani, and then I have a Jared Nasani racing page as well. And then somehow my Instagram got a page as well on there. So there's a couple that you can go follow and follow the journey of 2024. And thank you very much for having me on today. It was a pleasure. Let's talking get everyone to, to follow him too. Yeah, let's get everyone to, even even across the pond. You know, we yeah. try to uh, everyone. I think uh, crisscrosses and try to help each other out. You know, we try to help people over there out, and hopefully, uh, even people over there in the BSB and fans over there, you know, wouldn't mind helping us out over here as well. I mean, yep. yeah, for sure. L- listen, Jared, did honors all ours for sure. And listen, I look Absolutely. forward to, to having you back on the podcast. I'd like to to get up after like first couple rounds of the season, see where you're at. Actually, you know what? I'll be in Road Atlanta, so. When I see you there, we'll sit down and, and me and you will we'll plan out our, our next podcast when, when the best time for you is. Uh, yeah, enjoy it. Always enjoy having a conversation, especially about guns and, and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, proper, man. I really appreciate it. Again, Mark, thank you guys so much. Before I get off well, thank here, you, Chris. You know you're the one. Yeah, You built this podcast. and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it, it, it means a lot to me for everybody watching. It really does. Thanks for everybody that, that watched tonight. Uh, this episode will be out on Spotify everywhere, but uh, Apple. I'm still trying to work mine getting on Apple, but we're on everywhere. Um, it'll be out tomorrow, probably around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll actually tag Jared and put it out on social media. I'd like to give a big shout-out to my uh, our first sponsor, the Clothing Kings. They actually make uh, all our merch, pendant uh, in the gas podcast so here within maybe two weeks you guys will be able to yep go on go on their website and actually order you can get hats t-shirts beanies jackets whatever you guys want yeah what an honor it is chris lewis thank you guys so much chris glad and everybody that watches the sports it's been listen this has been an, an honor and and what what a ride it's been uh yeah so thank you guys so much uh as my man cool jewel says I am Chris, the whole effing show, Simcoe, my man, Mark, Sherm Dog, Sherman, and the new 2024 champ in Supersport. I'm calling it now. My man, Jared N- N- Nesani. I man, I have a, such a hard time saying your last name. I'm sorry. Sorry I murdered it again. But, man, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I'll see you guys soon.